Many people think that Tommy Lloyd's front court is going to be the strength of this Arizona basketball team. I don't necessarily disagree. Man, what is going to be the key? Everybody knows the starters, but there might be an unknown player to keep an eye on right here. Let's get started here on Locked On Wildcats. You are Locked On Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for keeping it locked on Wildcats and making this your first listen of the day. This show is brought to you by many cool sponsors, as we know all throughout. But the first one that we need to talk about here, though, is this show is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel, we'll get to FanDuel there in a second. All right, now, let's talk a little bit of Arizona basketball here. Now, hey, uh, when you think about Arizona basketball over the years, you think of guard play. You think of wings, you think of your Damon Stoudemire's, your Mike Bibby's, your Sean Elliott's, your Jason Terry's, your, uh, I can just keep going on, your Richard Jefferson's, your Andre Iguodala's, an embarrassment of riches. And, but there have been some pretty underrated big men uh, around. Uh, you've uh, Obviously, DeAndre Ayton was the first pick in the draft, Lauren Woods, Michael Wright, Derek Williams, a lot of lottery picks in there as well. Like I said, Brian Williams. Um, a lot of di- a lot of different guys, but it's always been a, a perimeter-based school. But now it might be a little bit different this coming year, though, because Arizona's got one of the deepest front courts in the entire country. And let's so let's break that down a little bit. First guy we got to talk about is Umar Ballo, leader of men. Umar Ballo. All right, at about six foot ten, two hundred and forty pounds, something like that. Umar is a lot better than I ever thought he was going to be. As I've stated before, I thought when Umar Ballo came to the U of A, I thought he was going to be roster filler. I thought he would be somebody like a Eugene Edgerson. And again, there's nothing wrong with roster filler, but you throw some elbows, you get out there and uh, basically you make your presence felt, then you move on. I was definitely wrong on that. And you could kind of tell by his first year that this was going to be a little bit of a different dude at about five, you know, uh, especially in the Pac-12 tournament when he had five uh, blocks in a game, that shot probably should have been an indication that he was going to be a little bit different. And quite frankly, he was much different. Um, That was, uh, I think that was clearly the case there. Now, what can he, uh, then his second year, he really emerged to where he was the uh, the uh, uh, MVP of uh, the Maui Invitational, and he went on to have a year where he averaged 14 points and eight rebounds. Um, and again, I never saw that coming. He was an all-conference performer, and it was very deserving that he was an all-conference performer. But um, there were still time, there were still issues, though, that he had. And some of those issues are probably always going to be a little bit of an issue in that he is a slow, he's, he's slow footed. That's the best way that I can put it. He can, he can certainly get after, or he can certainly get up and down the court. Okay. But he has to gather. And when he has to gather, that's many times where he runs into trouble and uh, where the ball gets, uh, uh, the ball gets uh, blocked ball gets stripped, you name it, any kind of examples. But 
He does, though. He does. He's a pretty tough dude around the hoop. And not only is he a pretty tough guy around the hoop, he's also able to generally, when he gets to the foul line, he's generally pretty good at it. Um, now, he doesn't have a great body type. We all know that. I think that uh, that's always going to be a little bit of a concern because when you think of quick twitch muscle, you do not think of Umar Ballo, leader of men. You think of uh, somebody else not named Umar Ballo. And I don't know that that's ever going to change, to be honest with you. As a matter of fact, I'd be stunned if that ever did change. But that doesn't mean, though, that he can't be a good player and that he can't get a little bit better. Now, he came back in awesome shape uh, this past offseason or this, uh, this previous year. And then, obviously, had a very had a breakthrough year. Then... The offseason hits here and he gets out of shape. He was over in the, the Middle East and he looked terrible. He had was carrying a ton of extra weight. And not only was he carrying a ton of extra weight, it was bad weight. It was not muscle. It was not lean muscle. It was none of that. We do not like that out of Umar Ballo, leader of men. But well, I think what the red-blue game also showed, though, is that he is, I think, pretty much... Uh, I think he's pretty much back to where he needs to be. And I think that's what we, I think that's what as Arizona fans, you want him. You want him to be back where he needs to be. That's where he is. Now, I think the frustration is, is that you wish he could have been a little bit in better shape. So he didn't have to spend practice getting into shape. He could have uh, continued to improve. But either way, let's let bygones be bygones. He is, uh, he's made that next step, obviously. And I think Arizona is obviously much better off for it. Um, so as far as statistical expectations, I don't think we're going to see him more than 14 and eight. I think that's exactly what he's going to be, or maybe even a little bit less 13 and seven, 12 and seven, because there's some new big dogs in here that are also going to be taking some of that shine. And that is not necessarily a bad thing. And one of the guys up front that I think he's going to be splitting minutes with now is Mount Crevis, Montius Crevis. All right. Now, Anytime a guy comes over from overseas and they're from Lithuania or Estonia, I generally take a, uh, a wait and see approach because we've been burned a lot on players like this in the past. You know, Henry Vesar was told us by people like Shear that he was going to be a lottery pick. Guess what? He's not going to ever be a lottery pick. Just not that good. Not that dude. It's okay. But that's just, that's just kind of who he is. But that also doesn't mean though that we can't, that we can't get something though, where it's a let's say a um, uh, an impact guy from time to time, and that's what Mount, Mount Crevis is. Um, seven foot, two hundred forty five, two hundred fifty pounds. You can just tell immediately that he's different. Now, uh, being able to go to a couple practices, <laughs> um, he uh, he uh, he can move very. He can move okay. But where he really does his damage is with his back to the basket, where he can make moves, where he can get that wiggle in there that not a lot of other players are able to do, especially players his size. That's what's unique about him is that he's able to do it at his size. And he's not going to go across many people that are bigger than him. And not only is he not going to come across people bigger than him, he's probably also not going to come across people who have his understanding for the game. He feels like your prototypical Gonzaga big man. And not only does he feel like your prototypical Gonzaga big man, um, having Shemit Karnowski working with him, having Tommy Gunn working with him, I think you're going to see a lot of that kind of impact. 
Um, again, when his back is to the basket, he's very clever. He understands angles. He understands how to get fouls. I think he's going to shoot a lot of free throws this year. And when I say a lot of free throws, I mean a lot of free throws this year. And that is obviously a good thing because he can also make free throws. But Mount Crevis is going to be that dude. Um, I think he's going to cut into Umar Ballo's minutes. And I don't know if it's necessarily a bad thing because Umar Ballo, leader of men, should probably play about 25 to 27 minutes per game, not 33, 34 minutes per game. His body type is just not uh, cut. His body type is just not cut out for that. Now, you might say, man, Arizona sounds enticing to bet on this year. Oh, it is. All right. Here's the deal. FanDuel.com backslash locked on. Check it out. You will thank me later. All right, this is the time of the year to bet. You want to get on FanDuel. Again, you got college football. You got the NFL. next, uh, And coming up next month, you got college basketball, then the NBA right around the corner. This is the time to get – or coming this month, next month, this month. This is the time that you want to get in here because the dog days of summer are over. We are back with football, and we are back with fun sports. And you know what makes fun sports even more enjoyable? Betting on fun sports right there. So check it out, fanduel.com backslash locked on college. Come right back with come back with us. We are going to take a quick little break. Thanks for keeping it locked on Wildcats and making this your first listen of the day. I am your host, Mike Luke. All right. Now, now, now. Uh, we talked about uh, Umar Ballo, leader of men in Mount Crevis. Now, let's talk a little bit about Keyshawn Johnson. All right. Um, I actually believe that Keyshawn Johnson for Keyshawn Johnson for this team is going to be an upgrade over Umar or uh, over Azulis Tabellis. Now, Azulis Tabellis was very, very good for the Wildcats last year. Um, and not only was he very good, uh, he was also very um uh we uh he was very, very good. Um, he'll, he was very, very good. And not only was he very good, though, but he was also, was Julius Tabellis when um, uh, he was also, also kind of a, uh, I don't want to put this, um, I don't want to say that uh, he was um, soft, but he was kind of soft. And not only was he kind of soft in big, uh, in big rooms or in big moments, um, he was, he generally kind of disappeared. We saw that in the NCAA tournament and that obviously wasn't fun. And not only did we see that in the NCAA tournament, we also saw that multiple times in big games. Again, not a, not a great, uh, just not a great big game player, a very good auxiliary guy. But when you need some toughness, you weren't going to be calling a Julius Tabellas. He wasn't going to be that dude. When you're calling Ghostbusters, a Julius Tabellas was not answering. But he still put up 20 and 9, but it was always kind of a soft 20 and 9. Keyshawn Johnson comes in here and averaged 7 and 5 at San Diego State last year. So a lot of people are wondering, well, what's what's the big deal? He averaged 7 and 5. That's also at San Diego State, where they play first one to 40 wins. That is not where um, Arizona that is not where Arizona. That is not how Arizona plays. That is not how the Tommy Gun plays. And not only is that not how the Tommy Gun plays. Um, that is, uh, 
Uh, I think that uh, Keyshaw Johnson is going to get 10 points just by running the court. Um, he's not going to come out of the game. We've had Jack Murphy on before, and Jack Murphy said that he thinks that Keyshaw can be an NBA player. He thinks he's got that kind of ability to him. And I agree with Murph. I think that Keyshaw can be an NBA player. Um, because watching him, he is ultra strong. He is ultra bouncy. And not only is he ultra strong and ultra bouncy, he's also able to finish around the hoop and he looks to dunk things. That is, I think, an underrated quality in big men. Big men that look to dunk the basketball. We like that because um, Azulis Tabellas loved the flip shot at the hoop. Um, sometimes that goes in. Sometimes it doesn't. You know what generally goes in here? He gets fouled. Dunks at the hoop. And that's where I think uh, Keyshaw Johnson is going to be much, much better. Plus, I think Keyshaw Johnson is going to instill some uh, toughness in the uh, – I think he's going to instill some toughness for the U of A in that. And I think they needed that. Last year's team was very good, but let's be honest here. There are a lot of weenies out there too. I mean, Kirk Risa was okay. Um, but Kirk Risa talked a lot, but when it really came time to uh, – get tough and back up his talk. Kirk Creasa was generally nowhere to be found. And that was always a, a little bit frustrating. So he was kind of soft. Ray, Courtney Ramey came in with the, uh, uh, with the, um, uh, the reputation of being this great defender. Didn't really show it was essentially just a three point bomber. I actually, I was fine with Courtney Ramey, but he didn't exactly instill toughness, but he was definitely tougher than Kerr. I'll give him that. And then we already went over Julius Tabellas. This team needed to get tougher. We talked yesterday about the backcourt and about how it's tougher. This front court is infinitely tougher just by adding Keyshaw Johnson to the mix right there. And not only is it uh, not only is it much tougher, he's also a dude who, you know, let's be honest here. I think it's fair to say that Keyshaw Johnson can probably. Um, impact the impact and instill some toughness in this team already that some of these players didn't have just by going against him in practice. Now, if you were to tell me that Keyshaw Johnson was going to be the best player on the team this year, I would not be at all surprised. I think he's going to average something like 14 and eight. And I think defensively, he's going to be a monster and we'll see what happens. But again, Jack Murphy said that he thought that he could maybe play in the, uh, he thought he could maybe play in the NBA and that he was going to be a draft pick. Um, he's certainly got the frame. He's certainly got the athleticism. He's got the length. He's got the strength. He's got all of that stuff right there. So um, I don't put anything past it again. I think he's going to be something like 14 and 8, uh, 14 and 9. And I think the country is really going to find out how good Keyshaw Johnson is. And honestly, I don't think that it's going to it should come as much of a surprise because, again, San Diego State – all the respect in the world for what they did. They just played in the national title game. I mean, you don't have to, you don't have to uh, sell me on San Diego State. But like I said, it's a different style of play. It's far more of a slow down, take your time. Let's try to get the let's work and get the best shot type. Whereas Tommy Lloyd, you're looking to run up and down. You're looking to get up and down. And I think Keyshawn Johnson is going to fit perfectly in that. And I think, quite frankly, that's why he's here. Um, so those are the three dudes up front that are going to play a ton. Um, I think Umar Ballo plays 25 minutes. I think Keyshawn Johnson plays 33 to 34 minutes per game. And then I think Mount Crevis probably plays about 15 to 20 with the potential given injuries to play uh, maybe even a little bit more. I think that he's that dude right there. Um, not only that, 
I think that he is the guy who is, uh, I think he's also the dude who, um, when he, uh, when he starts playing and if he looks better than Umar, it's going to be tough to take him out. I don't know that you can play those two together, but I also don't know that you can't play him together. I think, you know, honestly, they're both big guys. Um, neither one of them could shoot. Although Crevis, I think can shoot to a certain extent that Umar can't, but both those guys, I think could probably play together in some form or fashion. Okay. Now, there are other guys on the front court. Um, not only are there other fr- guys in the front court, there are other dudes who um, I think can make an impact. It's just going to be interesting to see what kind of impact they can make. Um, and we're going to talk about them. But first, let's talk about LinkedIn. All right, LinkedIn. LinkedIn.com backslash locked on college. Post your job for free. Again, for free. Everybody knows somebody that got a job through LinkedIn. And not only does everybody knows uh, know somebody got a job through LinkedIn, if you're hiring somebody, you probably have used LinkedIn to get that person. The reason why everybody knows about LinkedIn is because it works. Check it out, linkedin.com backslash locked on college. Post your job for free. You will thank me later for it. But again, all kinds of good stuff there with LinkedIn. And Again, when you got companies like this that have been around forever and are only growing, guess what? The reason they've been around forever and they're only growing is because their shtick works. It's not a shtick. It's a way of life. Check it out right there. LinkedIn. All right. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to talk about the reserve big men. Thanks for making Locked On Wildcats your first listen of the day. I am your host, Mike Luke. All righty now. Let's talk about... The next step then for Arizona, that depth behind and the depth in the uh, in the front court. And we're going to go with my guy, Dylan Anderson, first. I know a lot of people are down on Dylan Anderson. Well, you know what? They're wrong. Dylan Anderson was in the three-point contest right there, and he looked very comfortable shooting the three. Our guy, Frank Caliendo, has talked about how Dylan can, uh, Dylan can stroke the ball a little bit here, ladies and gentlemen. He's just got to be able to, I think, feel comfortable and um, I think if uh, he gets a role this year, he's going to be good. Again, I think that uh, Dylan, he's a well-put-together kid, probably about 6'10", two, or 6'11", 240, something like that. Not a great athlete by any means, but a passable athlete. And it's not like he's a minus athlete. And I think he's got natural ball skills. A lot of players his size, they just play basketball because they're tall. Dylan's got some actual skills right there. And I know a lot of people didn't see it last year, but I think they will see it this year, though. Um, I'd like to see Dylan get about eight to ten minutes per game. Um, I think he's good enough. I think he's earned that role. And honestly, with Umar Ballo, leader of men, uh, possibly moving on, and Keyshawn Johnson as well, Dylan, I think, is going to be the next one up along with Mount Crevis to get some of those minutes. And I believe that Dylan can play with Mount Crevis because Dylan can shoot the ball a little bit, something that not a lot of people know about Dylan Anderson. But again, I like Dylan a lot. I think that the, the key for Dylan is just stay in the course. If Dylan stays the course here at the U of A, he's going to be good. And not only is he going to be good, I think he's also going to be um, – I think he's going to be a starter here at some point as an upperclassman. I think he's got that kind of ability. I wish they had redshirted him last year. That's kind of water under the bridge, though, at this point. But I'm a big fan of Dylan Anderson, as anybody who knows me knows. And I just hope he sticks around because I think the war, I think he's got a world of potential right there. Now, the other guy next to him, Henry Vasar. Um, Henry came in very hyped and um 
we just haven't seen it. You know, I'd love for his the light to just come on. Maybe it does just come on. Who knows? But so far, you haven't really seen it, and there hasn't been a ton of improvement, at least in the or uh, at least in this off season. But maybe when the lights come on, he uh, sh- he shines. Now again, he's got a lot of built-in advantages. He can run the court very, very well. Uh, he's probably the best natural shot blocker on the team. Super long arms. Just doesn't. Uh, you just kind of wonder with some guys like this, how much do they really, you know, how much does basketball really mean to them? And I'm not talking about him specifically. I'm just talking about players that generally don't improve a ton from their first to their second year. But who knows? Let's not borrow trouble. Maybe he has improved. I don't see him playing a ton this year. I just don't know where he is in the rotation. And not only do I not know where he is in the rotation, I'm just kind of um, he's a real wild card for me. I at least I Dylan has progressed. He's gotten better. Uh, you know what Mount Crevis can do. Obviously, uh, Umar Ballo, uh, Henry Vasar is kind of in that no man's land for me that I don't know exactly what to expect. And I don't think anybody quite knows what to expect. So I'm in the spot where, you know what, anything he gives you is better than nothing. That's where I'm at with uh, uh, with Henry Vasar. And then the other one right there, Polly M, Polyus Morauskas. Um, Polly M is probably more of a combo uh, forward, but I like Polly M. Um, he is, I don't think he's going to play much this year. He's just not, uh, I just don't think that he's physically uh, ready at that spot. Plus, I think that players in front of him are probably a little bit better than him. But that doesn't mean that he doesn't have a bright future in play. Um, I think that some of his minutes might come at the three. Or I just, like I said, I don't see him playing a ton this year. Just main, not because he's not good, but mainly because there's just a numbers crunch right there. And so... All right. Uh, the front court for Arizona is obviously loaded. We wanted to be able to break this one down in depth as the season gets closer. Um, now, tomorrow we're going to be uh, previewing Arizona-Washington State. Big game. Big game for Arizona. As Arizona's got ex-Washington State players, Cam Ward comes in here. Obviously, there's a connection, and it would be a massive opportunity for Arizona to possibly win a big football game. But on that note, as always, Really appreciate all of you guys making Locked On Wildcats your first listen of the day. I'm your host, Mike Luke, and we will be back with you tomorrow.